Welcome to We Got Goals, a podcast by asweatlife.com, on which we talk to high achievers about their goals. I'm Gina Anderson-Cohen, and this week on We Got Goals, I had the pleasure of speaking to CEO and co-founder of FIT, Anthony Venere. And Anthony is an interesting guy uh, because he will be the first to tell you that his strength, his superpower, is exhausting people. (laughs) It's following up to the point where people sort of say, like, fine, (laughs) I'll take a meeting with you. Uh, But he is hardworking, he is disciplined, and he is, is a total delight to speak to. It's fun to hear Anthony talk about the ride of founding a couple of companies with his brother, what he's learned from the Marines, from starting gyms and scaling those gyms and selling those gyms to starting media companies and selling a few. Today, he runs FIT, F-I-T-T, FIT, uh, which is a location-based discovery platform for wellness, uh, which is in cities across the nation. And at FIT, they recently took on an investment with a strategic investment from MindBody. So it's an exciting time to be at FIT as they expand and grow and build what Anthony calls the best platform possible for customers. On this episode, you'll hear Anthony talk about what it took to build FIT and where they expect the platform to go. Here I am with Anthony. Yeah, I said I'll be on the road. I'll be back. I'm just reaching for a goal. So don't be upset when I'm not afraid. Welcome to We Got Goals, a podcast by asweatlife.com, on which we talk to high achievers about their goals. I'm Gina Anderson-Cohen, and with me is Anthony Venere, uh, co-founder and CEO of FIT. Anthony, thank you for joining me. I really appreciate you having me. Thanks. You've had some really exciting growth and some really exciting news at FIT. But before we jump into that, will you tell me a little bit about what FIT is? Yes. um, FIT is a location-based discovery platform where we connect people to healthy and health and fitness activities. And what that really means is, you know, we create content on a local level to connect people to the local health and fitness community around them, whether it's events, gyms, uh, activities, healthy eats. Anything that you would need to kind of live the lifestyle that you want, um, we try to provide that information and connect you to those resources. Awesome. And you're in a lot of cities today. How many? Yes, we just launched 31, which was Sydney, Australia, which was pretty big for us. So it was an exciting time to try to take it, you know, in different areas and prove that no matter where we're at in the world, people want to try to find a way to be healthy. I totally agree. People are trying to be healthy on the road at home um, and at work. And your road to founding Fit, it didn't just happen. <laughs> you had you had a, a sort of interesting history of wellness, of uh, entrepreneurship. Uh, where did it all begin? Yeah, um, I like to think it began when I was a kid and I was not the, the best student or most well-behaved child in the world. <laughs> but one thing I did do was... I was always, you know, working, whether it was cutting grass or, you know, shoveling snow, the typical story of where I was always trying to, to create something or do something. Sometimes that, you know, um, energy was directed in the wrong way. But, um, you know, growing up, I was always doing that. And then when I turned 17, I enlisted in the Marine Corps. And that was kind of my first experience into something new and different. And it really taught me a lot about um, you know, achievement and, and setting your goals on something and doing it the right way. And that was kind of what I think was the spark to everything that kind of helped happened up to date. Yeah. And I'm sure that that taught you some new forms of discipline as well. Yes. I grew up with a very strict Italian father. So 
discipline was there. It was more, um, you know, putting it on yourself. Well, there was no external discipline. If you didn't take care of yourself, no one else was going to. So it was a great, you know, chance to learn that and to kind of grow up really fast. And actually, at the same time that I enlisted in the Marines, about a month after that, when I left, it was great. And then my father was diagnosed with cancer while I was at boot camp. I'm sorry to hear Um, that. And that kind of really shifted the mentality too. What was not only I had to take care of myself when I was Marines, but when I had to figure out a way to take care of my family at home too, which was kind of a crazy time. And it seems like family is really important to you today too. You co-founded a couple of businesses with, with your brother, Joe. Yes. Since uh, the first one was a gym and that was with Joe. And ever since we've worked together and some people ask me, well, how do you work with your brother? And I say, I don't know how you work with someone that's not your brother, because if you run a company, um, you know, it gets intense sometimes and, and you can't walk away from family. So you're kind of stuck together. Absolutely. And can you talk me through sort of the, the road to finding fitness? Yeah. Um, in the Marines, I enlisted, I was, you know, a football player. I was actually 260 plus I was a lineman. And then the, when you join the Marines, you get, um, the, the recruiters that kind of get you into the system. And the one that I had was just this awesome Marine that was, you know, in special operations and he was a great athlete and trainer. And I went from 260 to probably like 175. Oh, wow. And not that long of a time frame. And, you know, I was in really good shape then. Um, and he kind of got me there. So when I enlisted, I knew how to train, I had to work out. I was in good shape. And after certain trainings, I actually got to a point where when I got to base, I was a part of trying to going through this Marine transition of training people and kind of different, they used to just run and do sit-ups and then it was like combat conditioning. So I got to go through courses and work out with people. And then at the end, kind of training some other Marines through that. And that's what really sparked my interest. It was just a, a small tweaks in mm-hmm. how you train people and what you do can be so important. And as one, you know, kettlebells kind of crossfit mentality of workout of just different functional fitness. And, and I was hooked. So when I, when I got in the Marines, it was right about the time that my dad was, he had terminal brain cancer, so he wasn't doing great. And I, you know, needed to provide for my family. So I was like, I know how to train people. I know fitness, like, let's go. And I started like training people in parks and working out and training people at the YMCA and doing these things. And, uh, after a while, my brother and I were like, listen, we have something good here. Let's open a gym. And I ended up finding an indoor skate park that was 12,000 square feet. I was 21. I had no idea what I was doing. And um, we found this indoor skate park and the landlord said, you know, you can rent the space if you clean it out. And I'm almost positive he didn't think I was going to do it. He just wanted (laughs) someone to clean it out for free. And me and my brother and a few of my buddies took some sledgehammers and knocked this thing down. And before you know it, we had this massive space that we were paying $1,500 a month rent on. Oh it was gosh. insane because we, we did this deal and that was it. You know, we went from training people and working out to having this massive space and we kind of pieced together equipment, built our own, you know, followed Rob Shaw from Mountain Athlete. If you know who that is, he has like sandbags you can make on your own and all these different pieces of equipment. So we had a gym and, and that was the start of it. It was, you know, a little bit after my 21st birthday and, and we were kind of rocking and rolling. So from cutting grass to building your own gym, (laughs) uh, what made you, one, um, make the switch from having a brick-and-mortar gym to starting media companies? Yeah, it was crazy. You know, I I think a big part of it with the gym and leaving the gym was after my dad passed away, I ran full speed. Like, I never stopped to think about what happened. So I was running the gym, and we ended up having our first location. We created our own program. We had our own equipment. 
our own certification. And then we started kind of doing the CrossFit model of licensing and partnering to open other mini gyms everywhere and, you know, growing our brand. And before you know it, we had 40 locations wow. of places we owned or we were licensing or partnering on and we were manufacturing equipment overseas and we were running certifications through this thing called Kettlebell Cardio, which was the program we created. And within three years, we had this huge business that I was unprepared to run both mentally and, you know, my experience level. We didn't know taxes and insurance and operations and P&Ls. We just didn't know how to run a business. So Mm -hmm. um, my brother and I were in a great spot in doing that, but we said, we need to step away. This has gotten too big for us. So we did what we could to sell off the different parts of the business. And then he is a phenomenal writer and an editor and speaker. So we went online we said, hey, let's create content. Let's start making programming. And that led us to creating programs online about working out and bodyweight training and fitness and all the stuff that we had talked about. And that went really well and led to different gigs, writing for different companies and partnering around campaigns. And after a while, we saw fitness going in a weird direction of like Men's Health Shape Magazine, six-pack abs type of thing. Mm-hmm. Everyone was with their shirts off and bodybuilding. And we were like, I don't know, this doesn't make much sense. Um, so we saw the growth in like Eater, Thrillist, Infatuation, Yelp, these brands that were about restaurants, where to find a restaurant, where to find the best place to drink and party and hang out in your city. And we said, well, that doesn't exist for fitness let's give it a go. And we started fit under the name Pittsburgh because we're based in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so fun because I know you and I, I was trying to piece it together uh, as we were connecting for this call and you and I spoke years ago, probably like half a decade ago uh, when you were working on Pittsburgh. Yeah. It was so funny. We were, we saw what you guys were doing with the sweat life and mm-hmm. we were trying to do something similar. And I know some, I I know someone connected us and we spoke and it was at the time Pittsburgh was half of a blog, half of events. We were just trying to do something in our city to get people moving. Like we had some events going on and mm-hmm. yoga in the square, things like that. And it was two years of kind of doing that as like a, a side project almost before we realized that the, the thing was actually connecting people to the fitness community. And that led to, we were like, oh, Pittsburgh, this is actually going to be a thing. So in end of 16, going to 17, we launched it as Fit. And then we went to Cleveland and Boston. And before you knew it, we had like 15 cities and we had, it just was exploding because people were trying to open up like, they wanted us to come to their city and do things there. And it wasn't really us striving to grow. It was kind of like a need in different areas of people wanting to do it. I love that. And I've loved like the name change, the brand change. Um, and just watching you guys pivot and, and grow. So that's a, as good a time as any to actually ask you the big question of the podcast. Uh, Anthony, talk to me about a big goal that you set and accomplished and why it was important to you. Yes, um, this is perfect timing because it's the mind-body partnership. Mm. So we uh, recently brought on mind-body as an investor and partner. And when we first started, thank you. Yes, it was super exciting, especially, you know, to run a fitness brand from a city like Pittsburgh, which is small and and not typically looked at as fitness. And then to find a grow to what we have and then actually get some awesome opportunities with a company like my body has been phenomenal because we set out starting fit. And I said, you know, there's a lot of things we could do. We could go booking like, like my body, Marriott tech, we could go content or discovery or make a Yelp version. And, and we pivoted a lot of times or you really just kind of kept grinding through to get to the, the goal of making fit kind of a really good platform and resource. But when we first started, I said, I was like, if we do this right, 
I want to get my body as a partner investor and, and maybe even sell the company to them. And when I said that a couple of years ago, everyone's like, yeah, okay, good luck. <laughs> Especially where they're like, well, cool, move to San Francisco. Maybe you'll, you'll get with them because they're out that way or go to New York and people will give you money and you'll find investors and things like that. But we started out, we got the family that owns the Pittsburgh Pirates and they invest a few times a year in companies and we got them to invest and kind of kept going from there. But it was all setting that goal on the site of building this resource and with the end site of getting somebody like my body on board. And it took probably about two and a half years, but we got there. And what a journey it was too. Um, and I'm, I'm sure, I mean, people joke that in Pittsburgh, folks put fries on salads, yeah. uh, <laughs> but, but it is, it's an up and coming fitness city. Um, but there are pockets of, of that across the country where businesses are growing and thriving, but just aren't getting the attention of investors. So congratulations to you. Thank you. And that was honestly our, our, our point of success, I think, was focusing on the Clevelands and the Pittsburghs and the Minneapolis's and the, you know, different cities where, you know, everybody in New York and LA and San Francisco and now even Chicago with you guys, they understand fitness. But these other markets, there people work out. There's run groups, there's events, and nobody mm-hmm. talked to them. And I think that's what really gave us a unique opportunity. We were in 15 cities before we even opened New York or LA or San Francisco. We were focusing on the smaller markets, getting people excited about fitness. And it was really cool to see that that was what really gave us success was these smaller markets and, and showing that fitness can be everywhere. And I think it let us also get kind of a, a, a defensible position as a business because we were there first. It's easy to go in New York and LA, but to get to these markets first and build a brand was important. Yeah. And I, I'm sure it felt incredible to close the deal with MindBody. How did, how did that conversation start in the first place? Yeah, it was a mix of, you know, me just annoying everyone. <laughs> That's probably my secret to success and the goals that we set is I am relentless in talking to people. And, and I've been told by partners, investors, friends, I'm just exhausting. And <laughs> because I'm, I, I can't stop, I, I, I want to keep going. And I knew it was a good partnership. So going from, I think I connected to like a city manager when they just started focusing on local marketing and worked my way up to the president of the company. <laughs> After a year of emails to every single person, probably 30 emails unanswered, and then finally got to them. At the same time, we launched something called Fit Insider. Mm-hmm. My brother Which and I. Which I love, by the way. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's it was cool. There, you know, there's places like Club Industry and Ursa and all these fitness business resources that talk about fitness. But uh, we launched Insider as a way to kind of talk about wellness, where it's going not just fitness, but you know, the general business of fitness and wellness and where it's adapting to with all of the new changes. And that started out as an email. And now we have the site, the newsletter, the podcast. And at the same time that I got connected to the president uh, in my body, the president, CEO, and a lot of different people at the company, we're already subscribers to the newsletter I send out every week. So they're like, yeah, we know who you are. You, you obviously know somewhat of what you're talking about. Like, we'll take a meeting. And I got a meeting and it was kind of funny the same day that the meeting happened we launched our new platform. The, the d- design that you see today, we launched from a WordPress blog, essentially, to this completely built from the ground up CMS and system and location-based discovery. And it happened, you know, two hours before I presented to them. Oh, boy. Oh, it was crazy. It was terrible, <laughs> terrible idea on my part. But yeah, we, we got in the room and within 10 minutes of the meeting, they're like, oh, we're definitely going to work together. And it was just a surreal moment for my brother and I to walk onto MindBody's massive campus with you know, thousands of employees and then they'd be like, oh yeah, we, we definitely have something here. 
And BindBody is such an incredible company as far as collaboration goes, uh, because they they just have they have the ability to open doors everywhere for you. Have you already seen sort of the partnership pay off? Yeah, and and you know we've tried to not be too annoying to since it started. <laughs> They're a big company. They're going through a lot of changes. They're doing a lot of different things. But even just the the validation and understanding that when a company like MindBody, you know gives you that kind of nod and says, yeah, we're working with them. They're, you know, a real company. It's so funny how many investors, partners, clients that I've emailed a thousand times that never responded, decided to respond to me as soon as that announcement went out. So that was big. And then, yeah, they're, they're, you know, they're willing to help and work together. And we're trying to figure out a big year for 2020, because not only on an investment side, but we're working on a lot of commercial things together where we want to help get our content and our people to, to kind of create my body's content as well, because they have a phenomenal and massive uh, B2B company, but Mm -hmm. um, we want to continually, you know, work with them on the consumer side. That's awesome. I I think this is a great time to jump into your goals for the future. Um, Speaking of 2020. So Anthony, can you talk to me about big goals you're setting for the future and how you're going to get there? Absolutely. Um, Big goal for the future is continuing to launch and upgrade our, our platform to make it more user-friendly and more valuable. We know right now it's just content, and it's it's the starting phases of like a true platform like a Yelp or a, uh, an infatuation or something like that. So we want to continually focus on that, and as a team, it's building the best product that users want and then continuing to grow our audience and our, and our content to reach more people. And I think if we focus on that, the end goal is to partner and or merge slash get acquired by a company like MindBody so that we can do this at a bigger scale because we're still a a somewhat small team grinding it out and trying to stay as lean as possible in Pittsburgh. But I think with a little bit more resources, we could have a massive impact and and bring, you know, fitness online. And and when I say fitness, it's eating healthy, working out events, run groups, outdoor activities, bringing that all online the same way that the restaurant industry has with OpenTable and other things. Yeah, and it sounds like you already have your sights set on global growth too with that Sydney, Australia expansion. Are there other global cities you look to expand into? Yeah, we we are in London right now, Sydney, Australia. We have different cities in Canada and then we're actually looking at, you know, Singapore and, and other places like that as well. And, and then going deeper in the, the UK and, and Europe and, and Australia. I think the hardest barrier, obviously, is language. If you can find people that can contribute that content and, and deliver it in, in language that, and not only just the, the native language, but the tone and understanding and kind of uh, vernacular that's used on a local level. If we can do that, I think there's no stopping us. We can go anywhere in the world. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, too, because I, as I hear you speaking about going into those global cities, I, I love your content for when I visit another city and I want to know what to try. And I know as, as I'm traveling globally, I still want that information. And I'm sure that there are people who use Fit uh, for building their own kind of retreats or building their own kind of fitcations. Are, are you seeing that kind of trend? Absolutely. It's, it's coming to be what we see is about 30% of our audience is people that are traveling. Because mm-hmm. a big part of our audience has come from search when, you know, searching for the terms that we have near me or in this city, we, we have a, a big driver from that. And it's important, but also we're starting to establish people that come back for 
that reason they see when I go to New York, I found this, what if it's in LA or Boston? So we're actually going through a, a, a product revamp right now for the travel side. We're making it so that you can pick your interests and pick your city and it'll kick you out a, a wellness travel guide. Oh, I love that. For that reason, people like you that, you know, want to live their lifestyle on the road and yet yeah, hopefully more cities, but we think that's a massively untapped area. Even if it's just around your hotel, what run routes there are, where to bike, where to join a group where to, you know, get a good workout in. Obviously there's some things out there like class pass that exist, but we believe in driving people to activities through the interest and content, not through discounts. Yeah, that's incredible. So it sounds like you've got very big goals for this year and beyond site set on expansion on potentially being acquired. How, how are you going to get there? How big is your team now and how big do you want to grow? Our main team here in Pittsburgh is close to 20, That's great, uh, including my brother and I. Um, if it goes up and down a little bit depending upon the projects we're working on, but our contributor network is, is in the hundreds, I think maybe even over a thousand now. Wow. And that is growing. So honing that in, we want to keep our team small here. We think it's a lot of companies grow and don't think about the, the, the monthly burn and overhead, and we want to not be that company. Mm-hmm. So keeping the team small but making sure everybody's efficient and building the, the platform and technology to be better is, I think, how we're going to get to our goal. Is If we have the best product, for us, it's not about having the biggest audience or the, the biggest revenue. It's finding the best product that, that fits into this kind of gap in the industry right now and showing that it's scalable and that people want to use it. And then I think if we go to the bigger companies in the space, then we, and we show them our capabilities. That's where deeper partnerships and, you know, acquisitions come because, you know, my body, uh, even if you think about, we've looked at a lot of travel or like point of sale systems, like a square who's starting to do appointments and different things, or, you know, there's so many businesses that want to talk to this audience. I think if we show them that we have the best possible opportunity, that's where it will come from. Cause I don't want to get too bloated and, and have to worry about continuing to raise money. That is the struggle. <laughs> Once you raise, yeah. you're sort of constantly looking for more money. So that's an awesome point of view. Uh, and I, I wonder, sort of as as you're making these big plans and growing, what's what's it like to do all of this with your brother? It's um it's so much fun now. <laughs> um, there were a lot of times when it was hard, and but him and I have a great relationship, and you know we came together obviously with my father being sick, and we were always close, but. It really helped us kind of get an outlook on life that's different than most people have, I think. And it was never about the money for us. You know, I actually don't even, I always joke, I, I don't have a car. I ride a scooter like a Vespa. <laughs> I refused. I lived in a studio apartment. I refused to like, no matter where we come as a company, I want to stay kind of true to the roots of living simple and just continuing to grind it out. And and he's like that as well. Um, so I think that we're, we're similar in that area and, and we just have a really good time. It's never about anything other than doing the right thing, having a good time. And it's funny, like when you walk into our office, there's a big painted wall that says the right thing is always the right thing. And it's something my grandfather used to say. Oh, I love that. And, and that's kind of how we, we run everything and, and have a good time while you're doing it. Also sort of hearing you talk, I, I wonder um, what, what do you picture your role becoming and your brother's role becoming as the company grows? Yeah, it's, that's a great question because it's changing a lot. My, my skill set, my role, my ability is to be the driving force and run through any wall and, <laughs> and exhaust every person and resource available. But that's not a true growth CEO. That's like the frontline kind of guy. So Joe 
while my title is CEO and I'm outward facing and investor facing, Joe's the true CEO. He runs the company. He organizes the people. He manages the operations. His role is COO. But um, as we grow, you know, the titles, and that's kind of the cool thing as well with us, titles are relevant to us. The company knows that, that what we're doing and the team knows. So he will become more and more valuable as the company grows and his skill set as an operator in mind will be to continually pave the way so that everybody can execute where they need to and they don't have to worry about money or partnerships or anything. That's on me. And then also, you know, with Fit Insider, we're looking to actually spin that out because we think that in and of itself could be a massive company and, and add a lot of value to a lot of different people. So making sure Fit's ironed out, but starting to test out these other opportunities that we see under the umbrella of what we're doing. That's really cool. I, I know that I see Fit Insider quoted constantly. It was just, it was almost like there was a, a total hunger for the information that you're providing um, as it relates to boutique and as it relates to the industry at large. Uh, so just seeing its immediate success, what feels like its immediate success um, to me, I'm sure there was, there was time that went into it, but um, that's been fun to watch too. And I wonder what you've learned from your previous companies that you're bringing in today to fit. Yeah. Um, there were a few in between that I didn't mention that Joe and I had done. And one was actually a, a localized media company that we sold to a newspaper here, uh, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Um, and it was like a, a pretty significant deal for us to, to get that done because it was very short and it was goal-oriented. We created it knowing we would sell it to them. And that skill set of learning how to, I think when a lot of people come and create companies, they want to create this billion-dollar company that can be anything and everything. Um, and for us, I think we're really finding a, a niche in creating companies that fill voids, not only in the industry, but at other companies, you know, being able to say within a few years and go to a company that's like a mind body and say, Hey, we know that this thing can solve a lot of your problems. You should have it. That's what we've learned the most is in doing that. And also that you really don't need to raise money, that much money to, to grow a company. We have with Fit, but only because of opportunity. We've always raised with years of runway still in the bank and, and clients and revenue and opportunity. It was never a to-survive type of thing. So those are the two biggest things that we focus on, creating value that we know will, will fit with another company or, or a partner and then doing it in a way that we don't have our backs against the wall, that we have to go out there and give up stuff to, to raise and or sell. It's a scary position to be in for sure. Oh, yeah. So I'm wondering, before we wrap this up, Anthony, what is your favorite fit city right now? I mean, obviously Pittsburgh, because I live here. <laughs> but no, um, I love, there's, there's a few. I love the Minneapolis and the Clevelands of the world. Uh, these smaller markets that, you know, Minneapolis has so many cool outdoor activities and there's studios coming in and fitness is, is growing. Same thing with Cleveland, the CrossFit scene and the, the healthy food scene where you can get bulletproof coffee and, you know, paleo bowls and eat any type of dietary restriction you want in a city like Cleveland, you would never imagine that that's there. So those things really excite me. Um, I'm over the, the big cities and the, the fitness <laughs> hubs of the world. So, so for me, it's really knowing that, especially as you see people moving to smaller markets because of the cost of living and everything, look into it, um, you know, take a look into that city and you'll see the community, the, the dietary eating, the, the run groups, the events, you'll fit right in and feel at, feel, feel at home in all those markets as well. Pun intended? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Always. Always intended. Well, Anthony, it has been a total delight. Thank you for joining me on the We Got Goals podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's awesome to talk. Girl, I'll sit, I'll be on the road. I'll be back. I'm just reaching for a goal. So don't be upset.
This podcast is a sweatlife.com production, and it's another thing that's better with friends. So please share it with yours. You can subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. And if you have a chance to leave us a rating or a review while you're there, we would truly appreciate it. Special thanks to Jay Mano for our theme music, to our guest this week, Anthony Venere, to Ryan Deffitt for editing, and of course, an extra special thanks to you, our listeners.